Welcome back to the club. Hi, my name is Alex. I am your host and healer. And welcome back to the Spiritual Baddies Club podcast. Thank you all for tuning back in. I just want to thank all the baddies who listened last week to my very vulnerable hot take on body image and how that affects self-image in general and embodiment in general. The DMs, the messages, the voice notes, the emails even that I received from women, just their ability to see me and say thank you and say like, hey, like I didn't realize other women or other people in general felt that way too. So thank you. And I can't trust enough, like no thank you. Like thank you for reaching back out to me. And like that's why I started this podcast. I really want this community to be a safe space for us as women to move through a lot of the things that keep us from our highest potential. And so to know that I was able to create an hour's worth of content, an hour's worth of my own personal opinions, my own experiences, my own vulnerability, and have so many other women not only feel seen, but even make me feel seen in my experience. It just means a lot. And I can't stress enough. I don't know what this podcast will be for me one day. And I honestly have loved this process. I love podcasting so far. I love every piece of it. But what I do know is that if if anything at all, this podcast has been one of the most healing journeys I've been on as an entrepreneur and as a healer. And so thank you all so much for being there for me and for my experience. Welcome. So today we have so much to talk about. Fun fact, I typically record these podcasts about a week in advance, so there's always a podcast ready every week, but because I enjoy podcasting when my husband's not home, this week I didn't really get the opportunity to podcast alone and solo until 11.03 at night on a Sunday. So welcome to my Sunday evening. I have a tall glass of lemon water and a very hefty glass of red wine, and we're going to dive right into all of the things, but... I hope that wherever you are in the world, you take a sip of the beverage that you're sipping on at this moment, and you also live your best life with me, because I feel like the most candid and the most vulnerable conversations come from your ability to just be present. And I never wanted a podcast, I think it's actually a really big fear of mine, I I don't want a podcast, I don't want any experience that feels forced or too structured or too rehearsed. Recently, I actually took a masterclass And the thing that I couldn't vibe with the most was how rehearsed the entire thing felt. We do this work in the name of connectivity. I do this work for connectivity. I shouldn't speak for other women and other healers out there, but I do this work for connectivity. And so it matters deeply to me that the things I say, that they're kind of off the cuff and that, yeah, I come into these t- these conversations with you all with like a general idea of what I want to talk about and, you know, general topics that I want to make sure we cover. But everything I say is very much so from the heart. And I think that's really, really important. I want you all to know that these thoughts are not thought over and manipulated so that you receive a message, but rather they're so vulnerable and so authentically mine that if you feel seen or if you receive a message, it's because it really was divinely to you and for you and that you are in a really connective space by being a spiritual baddie yourself. So 
I'm really excited to dive in. So let's do our little mental health moment, our mental health check-in. Hi. I'm really good, which is really strange because, like, I actually have an absorbent amount of stress in my life right now. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything in my life is hunky-dory dandy and going at the exact rate in which I would love it to go. In fact, the things that matter are going really, really, really well, and I think that's why I feel so good. Something that I've realized recently is that just because when you look at your life in pillars, which I often do, we can really judge ourselves by looking at the pillars that aren't working and then we like shit on the pillars that are, right? So like all the things that are going right don't matter as long as this one thing's going wrong. And I think I'm in an era of my life where everything is on the same playing field. So whether it's good or bad, like if I actually check in with my, myself personally, I'm actually really happy. And I have a lot of really incredible things going for me at the moment. My business is finding different places that I dreamed of when I first started and that I reserved myself from actually exploring because I cared so deeply about being a really good business coach and I I knew the assignment at the time was to get quiet and to get really good at what I was doing because if I was going to take on the responsibility of helping other women and helping their financial situation, I owed it to them to be the best I could at my craft and I got really, I became the best at it And now I'm ready to take on other projects and other things while holding that same sacred space. So that's been really, really cool. And I think that now I'm in a phase of my business where I'm talking about new modalities. I'm learning new modalities, which actually we're going to talk about a lot in today's episode. Um, On top of all of that juicy goodness, it's just lovely to be so connected in my business. I feel like I've already said that word so much, but I think that's the name of the game this week. It's it's connectivity. It's connectedness. Why live a life that doesn't feel like you're plugged into the things that matter? And I think more than ever, I'm in a phase in our era of my life where I really only do things based on my ability to be plugged in, based on my ability to feel seen and connected to others and then connected to myself and Overall, it's what's given me a lot of grace and a lot of mental clarity. Doesn't mean I don't have bad days. I mean, not to quote Megan Thee Stallion two episodes in a row, but hey, bad bitches have bad days too. But I will always be here to acknowledge the fact that this week I had more good days than bad. I'm really, really grateful for that, and I, I can definitely acknowledge that. One of the things that I'm beyond connected to right now is my family and my friends. Especially like my immediate family and friends. I feel like I spent a really big piece of my adult life healing family wounds. And I kind of spoke about this last week on the podcast when we were talking about weight and body image and the way that we're viewed in that image, especially when we look at it from a cultural perspective. But actually, when I really look back, I'm 27 years old. When I really look back at the last 10 years of my life, I've spent a lot of time really cleaning up and getting comfortable again in my family dynamics. And even in that family dynamic, even being mirrored back onto the relationships I have with my closest friends. And so to be so confidently in a seat today where I can say one of the things I'm the most grateful for and the most I'm connected to is the relationships in my life actually makes a huge difference. I decided back 10 years ago that I was 
going to start to do the work, start to do the work of breaking some of the generational expectations that were kind of imposed while also prioritizing my own peace in my own relationships in my life and giving myself the full space and permission to make connections and to make relationships with people that I I wanted to have major roles. One of those roles I always talk about is my best friend, um, my maid of, she was the maid of honor in my wedding. She was a roommate when I lived in LA, but she's just so much more. She's family to me now. And it's so interesting because when I had met her, I was so deeply wounded. I had a really bad wound with women and just a bad sister wound in general. And it's not specific to anybody as much as I just had a really hard time trusting girls and being, I I think that it's hard to say I wasn't a girl's girl. I think I was always a girl's girl, but I had a really hard time seeing outside of that relationship or, or trusting that another girl could ride for me as hard as I rode for them. And so my best friend, her name's Kayla. I don't think she would mind if I dropped her name. I'll ask her and I'll cut this out otherwise. But, you know, she really taught me the benefit of trusting women again. And that has now evolved into so many different layers of my life. I have so many different women in my corner. I mean, I have never had a better relationship with my own mother. She's like my, she's one of my best friends. I look at my my aunts, my best girlfriends, my sister-in-laws, my cousins, there's just, you know, layer on layer on layer of women in my life who I just feel so grateful to have such deep connections to and who they really look for me and they really see me. And I guess I'm really saying this all to say that, you know, I spent so many nights, so many days really questioning what was the point? What was the point of healing that wound? Because that wound was really deep. And you know, at one point, especially when I started my my journey into wellness, I started to really question if maybe this lifetime was about not necessarily being connected to women and not necessarily feeling as though I have to ride loyally for all these girls in my life, that maybe this lifetime was about me and about me being emboldened by my ability to be an individual and that maybe I wasn't meant to have these connections. And now as 10 years have passed since I started that work, I now realize it's quite literally the opposite. It's that we have a responsibility to recognize that no one's perfect and that we are all out here just doing our best to, for lack of a better quote, like live our own best lives. And so for us to be super hypercritical or hyperjudgmental of someone's experience or how they've projected their experience onto you isn't fair to them. And I think when I look back at the relationships in my life that haven't been successful or that have been really tumultuous, it has less to do with how we actually felt about each other and more to do about the projection of what was lacking in our actual lives. And so now fast forward, I can look at those relationships and hold a lot of empathy and compassion and then also practice an obscene amount of gratitude for the women who stepped in and like showed me why that's different and why that doesn't have to be that way. And so after, you know, I'm sitting here on a Sunday, I'm, I reflect on my week. I, I tapped on each one of those women this week for different reasons, of course, but each and every one of them showed up for me, loved on me adored me in the ways I needed to be let me hold space for them in their lives let me be a part of their experience let me into their current 
joys and the things that they're moving through and there's a sense of community in that that I don't think I would trade for the entire world and I'm just so grateful that these are the women in my life and that they've helped me heal so much that now I only work with women my demographic my choice in my business is that I exclusively work with women and we can talk about why that is I actually really thought with that when I had first started my business and I still stand by my original feelings and I guess a little recap of that now because I'm not going to keep you waiting as we've always said we're very vulnerable here so I have a deep belief that when you help a woman relearn who she is you change generations to come I think as women it's very easy to fall into the expectation of the titles we're given and it's really easy to look at the only, even the matriarchs of our own families and our the people that we look up to and say, like, how can I devote myself to be the most like them? And I think that's a really common thing I see in my clients and I even saw within myself. And one of the things that I think is so special that I get to do with my clients is I teach them how to unlearn the societal and even sometimes cultural expectations that are put on them and connect them back to what they actually want. And what they usually discover, I shouldn't even say usually, what they always discover is that if they followed their desire and they followed the life that they always really wanted to live, ironically enough, they always end up embodying the qualities of whoever they wanted to be in the first place. But now they're doing it in a state of ease and a place where they actually feel that they're living the life that they love to live. There's no such thing as a Sunday scary. So yeah, that was a really long-winded explanation for saying I'm just really grateful for my family right now. I'm really grateful for my close friends right now, my best friends, my soul sisters. I'm really grateful for the women in my life who hold space for me to be exactly who I am. And they see me for that and I get to also provide that same safe space for them. Another part of my mental health moment, because this is actually something I'm excited to dive a little bit deeper into. So, fun fact, I'm not really, like, a Swifty. Like, I'm, like, Taylor Swift and me, like, we don't go that far back. I mean, we go as far back as, like, high school where she had that one jam where she was like, he's in short skirts, I'm in, like, that one. That moment, oh, by the way, that's like the most amount of singing you're going to get out of me. According to my husband, I'm the worst singer in the world. So that whole song, like, that was the era of Taylor Swift I was, like, cool with. And then something happened. I remember, like, specifically being in L.A. and hearing certain songs and being like, whoa, this is not my jam. Um, But this past Friday, one of my very dearest, most gorgeous friends took me to the Taylor Swift movie where I got to watch her concert. And I'm saying all this to say... Aside from, like, how I feel about her, she clearly is an incredible artist. And she clearly is an entertainer and she's a visionary. And as an ex-dancer, I could really sit and appreciate that. One of the things that I'm looking forward to diving into and trying to find a little bit of a couple... I guess I'm trying to find answers as well as really understand deeper for myself... It was really hard to watch the movie and watch all of these other dancers live the life and the dream that I always really wanted. My number one dream as a pro dancer was to go on tour and it just wasn't in the cards for me. There were a couple different things that happened in my dance career that I'm sure I'll open up on a different podcast about that really made it 
obvious when I needed to hang up my dancing shoes and retire. And a part of that retirement that was really difficult was accepting that I didn't get to do some of the things that I had set out to do. I did a lot of really cool and amazing things. I did things in my lifetime as a pro dancer that a little girl wouldn't even dream of having the ability to have such close proximity to. And the coolest part was it is I did it with my like soul sister at my hip at the entire time. I lived an eight-year-old dream for literally like six years. I lived with my very best friend in our own apartment where we were professional dancers out living our lives. Even our jobs that we were doing on the side, which for me was yoga, I was obsessed with and creating community around and felt really good about. But when I wasn't doing that, I was exploring different parts of California or even just like different parts of my own little small community, always in something different every single day, always doing the things I loved. And it was such a, for as tumultuous as some of those lessons I had to learn was, it was such a beautiful chapter of my life. I almost couldn't imagine my life today without that chapter. And when I look at that Taylor Swift movie on Friday, it was really, really hard to watch that movie and to be sitting in front of a mirror of something I, I so desperately wanted to do and just simply didn't get the opportunity to do. And don't get me wrong, I, I've actually sat with myself and I've told myself the million and trillion reasons why it actually wouldn't have been conducive to my life today and I'm obsessed with my life today, but like why I could never have had that type of a lifestyle or continued with a gig like that and still simultaneously having the life I have today. And it's not to say I would have had to compensate. It just wouldn't have looked like this. And honestly, if I asked myself if I would trade what this looks like today for anything, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I don't really have much more to say about that because, again, like, it's pretty fresh. I didn't realize that I was still harboring so much grief around my inability to let that dream come to a fruition so I'm gonna sit with that a little bit longer in all transparency and honesty since I moved home to New York back in 2019 it was December of 2019 so right before the pandemic I have not been back to a dance class I have not stepped foot in um any sort of container that would be like dance or physical expression that way and it's something that I'm working up to. It's something I, I really want to do again. It's something I miss every single day. But I think reasons like what I found on Friday are, are why when I look at a schedule, I, I really, really, really grapple with picking a time and just showing up. Because I do know that when I show up, I'm going to have a fucking great time. <laughs> like I'm going to have so much fun. I'm going to live my best life. Like it's it's going to feel great. And that's not the issue or the thing that's keeping me away right now. I think the thing that's keeping me at an arm's distance with it is having to face the reality that while I was able to live out such a majority of my dreams and while I was able to bring so much of my desires to fruition, they were just certain things that weren't in the cards for me. And those things still cut a little bit deep. So I'm really interested and I really am committed to continuing to dive into that work. I was honest with my best friend who also is an ex-dancer at this point about 
what that felt like. And I felt so seen in her response because she felt similarly. I'm interested to reach out to other people who I know who no longer dance. Um, And even just older people in that craft who have continued to maintain that connection to the craft without having to judge themselves for what they have or haven't done or what they can or cannot do anymore. So I'm excited to keep going through that, but that was definitely a part of my week that took a lot of space for me where I really didn't realize how much I was still holding on to in regards to the grief of not being a professional dancer anymore. You know, when you're a dancer, so much of your identity is actually wrapped in that. So much of your identity is wrapped in who you're working for, what you're doing. And one of the things that I, me and my best friend always talked about was that the craziest part about being a pro dancer is that once you booked a job, you were back at square one when that job was over. Like, yeah, now you have new connections and maybe you made, you know, maybe you made new friends or you made different networking opportunities happen for yourself that make you available for similar jobs in the future. But the truth is, is once that job's over, there's no extra steady paycheck coming. You have to go make that next paycheck happen. And so that dog-on-dog mentality made it really hard to make friends in LA. It made it really hard to enjoy LA in the moment. I think I look back at my time in LA with so much more love and admiration and like respect now that I'm not in the thick of it every day. And I had so many beautiful people come into my life from that phase that it's crazy to say that. But yeah, I I think that I have some healing to do. I think I have some things I need to sit with and some perspectives that might need to shift within myself so that I can see really clearly what that time is for myself. Next thing I wanted to talk about was one of these episodes are going to come out and we're going to talk about the holidays because, honey, they are rolling in. You know, the older and older I get, the more I see why you need to hold really strong boundaries around the holidays. That's not to say that, like, It's not to say that the holidays aren't a good thing. In fact, it's one of the times a year that, like, it's actually, I figured out recently, it's an unpopular opinion. A lot of people don't love the holidays. They don't love the idea of having to travel or host or take care of so many gifts to buy or so many different dishes to make or just there's, there's a lot and I get that. And you also have to be, like, put in rooms with people that you might not talk to day to day or relate with and depending on who you are sometimes those very subliminal like surface level conversations can become incredibly mundane and really difficult to be present with and so you just kind of overall hate the process for me I actually like see very far beyond that I really enjoy the holidays I like really hate the winter so it's one thing in the middle of the cold that I can really look forward to It's the thing that's always kept me really embedded in the fabric of my family because even when I did live in LA, this was the one time of year that was a non-negotiable that I would come into. But now that I'm home and I've lived home for a couple years, I own my own physical home, I realize that there is so many different types of boundaries that you need to put in place in order to protect your ability to continue to be present in these spaces with your family, right? So for me to really fully step in and enjoy this time that I have with my family, 
the healthiest thing I should do is have certain amounts of boundaries around my time, my energy, and the people I do surround myself with so that I can show up as my best. And I think sometimes that can come off as selfish to people that don't understand boundaries because it comes off as you are not allowing yourself to participate or you're excluding yourself from the family, but that's really a projection about how they feel about your ability to have boundaries about things you don't want to do. Basically, it's you saying no for the first time and other people kind of being pissed off about it. So I want to have an episode really soon about boundaries around holidays. Um, I would love to hear from you all if you guys have holiday experiences in the past that have made you really uncomfortable or if you want any guidance of how you navigate them, please let me know. I'm looking to release a podcast episode about how baddies like us, we got boundaries. And so let me know if there's anything that has happened to you or that you're even already anxious about moving into the holiday season this year that I can support you with. Okay, so next piece of my mental check-in. This mental check-in, she's long this week. And that's okay. We're going to live in it. I actually really enjoy it. I hope that you all do as well. But here's like a true glimpse into the shit that goes on in my day-to-day. So something that I actually realized, speaking of the holidays, as you all know, my husband and I got married back in May. My husband and I have been together for a very long time, at least in my opinion, eight to nine years is a long time. And... We have a really, we have a really beautiful life together. We're blessed. We have a beautiful home. We have space in this home. We have two gorgeous, perfect dogs. We have family who loves us. Like we, and we have two jobs that we love that support our families. Like we really have so many blessings that we we don't even see every day surrounding us. And so One of the struggles that I'm having right now is the conversation around like the next steps. So now that me and John got married, it's like the next thing that's supposed to happen is that like I have to be pregnant. And so one of the major pieces of anxieties that I have around moving into the holiday season or in general is the constant ask and question about what our plans are for that, which in all transparency, I actually don't mind the question as long as it's done respectfully. You respectfully ask, you know, what me and John's timeline is or what we are trying to plan out. I don't even know how to say it. I don't mind because I can see when it's done with a lot of love and it's done with a lot of like excitement for the life that we get to live together. And it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good that I have a husband that my dearest friends and family want to see my family expand with. And with that being said, I think it's really difficult when you are somebody who is already struggling with her own body image issues and she's trying to really figure out her wants versus what society says is next to constantly be posed with the like, are you pregnant? Are you expecting? Are you looking to be expecting soon? Are you trying? Are you this? It's like, it's really difficult. And I guess that's like now thinking about it from somebody else's perspective or the person talking to me. I see where that's a tough line where it's like I'm open to the question and at the same time the question can sometimes feel really invasive and as if I'm not doing enough that because my husband and I right now in this moment are not expecting a child or because our timeline isn't in accordance to what society says your timeline should be it's somehow wrong and I know what you're all going to say is like no Alex like you live your best life you live on your own timing you do your thing and like 
I preach that. That's my life. That's my, like, that's everything to me. Yes, you're right. But I could know that, right? Like the line between knowing better, doing better, and having better is not linear. Like I can know that, but still like shame myself for maybe not being able to give this person the news that they're expecting or give this person the answer that they're exactly looking for. And so one of the things that I'm going to be more hyper conscientious of, but just I think as women, we can just do a better job at is like not looking at people for what should come next. I would love the open-ended question of like, hey, Alex, like you just got married. Like how, first of all, how's your marriage? I love that question. And then the second question was like, so what's next? Like, what are you guys doing now? What are you working on? I would love to answer. And I feel like that would be such a more productive question because it would give me the opportunity to share where I'm at in that process, especially since I am such an open person, I probably would just share unconsciously because like I would, that's a part of like some of the things that are happening next in our lives. But I think it's really hard to get the direct ask or question. And I want to take myself out of it and remove pregnancy as the topic and like look at the girlies who are in a corporate job right now where let's say they graduated college and they finally got this corporate role and they have their feet on the ground, the societal thing that happens next to them is like, okay, when are you going to get married? Where's your husband? Or where's your partner? When are you going to get married? Um, To the girl who's in school, who's working hard at a a degree, the next thing that she's constantly hearing is like, how good are your grades? What's going to be after school? What's your internship like this summer? What's this? What's that? Like, These are really invasive questions that I know are coming from a really great place, but they're really difficult to answer when you're someone who is so deeply invested in your own success, right? Like, If you know who you're talking to, you have to you have to know that they care about their own livelihood. They care about their life. They want nothing more than to see their life unfold. And just because their life is unfolding in a timeline that is perfect for them but not typical to you doesn't make it wrong. And I think that's something I wish I could say to so many more women. Like having kids later in life. That's amazing. That's a timeline that is specific to you and that doesn't make it wrong. It makes it actually perfect for you. Having kids super early in life, I've actually met people recently who consciously had kids at 19, 20 years old with their now husbands and they're happy as a fucking clam because they're like, you know what? Like my kid by the time I'm 40 is going to be basically in like college and living their life and like I'm going to travel and like live my life. And It's all to say that, like, I think sometimes we take what society and what we were, we even grew up seeing as normal, but the truth is there's really no such thing as normal. So if someone's asking you about why something is the way it is or why there's a lack of a presence somewhere, may it be a partner, a child, a career even, that's okay. And I I wish I had a better answer for you all because I think that's something I'm navigating myself. One of the things I realized recently is when people do inappropriately ask me about that question, I don't like how much information I give them. I don't love that. I feel like I somehow have to defend my experience by like oversharing and that's not fair. So that's something I'm also working on right now is what is the right thing it's not about right thing what is the thing to say that says like 
I'm not talking to you about this because this is really personal to me. But like, thank you for looking out and like, we'll see. We'll, we'll see when it happens. If we do believe that there's miracles everywhere, much like we talked about in the last episode, then like those are little baby miracles waiting to happen to me. So whether it's a, a actual baby, a career, a job, a partner, anything, anything, a trip, anything like it, it, it'll happen for me and to me divinely at the exact moment it needs to. So for right now, my only responsibility is to tell you how I feel today. And I think that's something I, w- I, I want to start leaning into and I wish I had better context towards and I wish I didn't just constantly jump to wanting to defend. But it is something I'm working on and I think that's something I do want to stress because as a spiritual baddie, I think that's what we go through as as the girls who want better for ourselves. When you are somebody who's actively trying to be the best version of yourself constantly 24-7, I think that there's a part of you that almost feels like you have to constantly explain what why your experience is the way it is. And so I, I hope this is your permission slip to realize you don't owe anybody an explanation. You don't owe anybody anything. If somebody asks you, you know, like, when are you going to, when are you going to find a man? I think a fair enough answer is like, I don't know, you got a crystal ball, you tell me, baby. Like, I don't owe you an explanation as to why I might not be dating right now or why I might not be in a relationship or maybe I am in a relationship and I just don't feel like telling you. Obviously, this isn't me. I'm obsessed with my husband. Don't get me started. But you know what I'm saying. I'm giving you an example. I I just, I don't know. I think that's a deeper conversation we all reserve the right to have, whether it's with ourselves, with our family, our friends. And, like, this is no shade to the people in my life. I, like, sometimes think about this podcast and how vulnerable and open I am. This is no shade to the people in my life. They are nothing but the sweetest and have the best intentions. And it's not to say that, like, even strangers, like, people, my neighbors, people in my life that just happen to know the phase of life I am, that they're already projecting what should be the next thing, not realizing that maybe for me, that's not what I want to be next. And, you know, even in transparency to this podcast, that's not the case. That is something I do want for myself next. I often think about expanding my family and I think that that'll happen divinely and exactly when it's when it needs to happen one of the things I'm hyper conscientious of is that I can be really obsessive and so I I don't want to be obsessive over that process I I don't want to and I think that's the hardest part about constantly getting that question is that it it makes you want to be obsessive it makes you want to download every app it make that like track cycles it makes you want to have all of this information that right now in the phase in the in the stage that i am in as a woman i actually don't need that information so like disclaimer to all my friends and family who listen to this podcast like don't not ask me how i'm doing or where i'm at with these things just don't project your expectation that i should already be somewhere that was really direct i love you all so much please please take that with a lot of love and a big open heart and i also hope that anybody hearing this can you know parallel or mirror this back onto their experience and kind of see too where those boundaries could probably be better held and a little bit more supportive my last piece of this mental health check-in moment is something that i learned from my therapist so fun fact i started therapy back in february of this year my intention for starting therapy was that I was getting married in a few months and I wanted to be able to start to address some of the healing I was doing from more of a clinical perspective and get a different perspective in general. I think so much of my healing has been done spiritually, which is amazing. But when you think about it, the way I look at the work I've done, the work I've done really is about 
how can I clear some of the things going on in my life now so that I can be the best version of myself and the most connected to myself to like create for my future whether that's a family a business a home I look at a lot of my spiritual work that way you know even when if I do the ancestral work and I really think about you know my ancestors and you know their lineage and how I got here I look at my grandmother all the time and a lot of my spiritual work is how do I stay connected to that lineage but at the same time break some of the generational curses some of the experiences so that I can liberate myself and the next generation to be more authentically them and to be more connected and to live a life of really deep sovereignty and prosperity I look at therapy as a way to handle and move through some of the more personal things that happen that aren't really explained or described by a spiritual experience. It's not like the universe wants to hurt you, but when someone does project themselves onto you, that leaves you with scars and that leaves you with different thoughts and behaviors that might not actually be yours, or it leaves you feeling a way that you actually need to grow through. And so my journey with therapy, I've actually been incredibly private about. I haven't really spoken to anybody about it. I think my closest, like, very, very, very close inner circle knows that I go. And it's something that I, I'm more open to being open about because I, I I think that everyone needs to do what's best for themselves. And we're going to talk about that again when we talk about modalities here in a few minutes. But my journey with therapy has been a really beautiful one. I got really lucky. I found a therapist that understood me from a cultural level she specifically works with people who are first generation born here and that are of latin descent so i was able to have a lot of really candid and open conversations with her about navigating the expectations of my culture in this country and in this world in the world we live in today and how i was able to integrate some of those traditions into my life today while also holding true to my own personal values, my own thoughts. And so it's been lovely. It's been really lovely to have a third-party opinion about what I'm going through. And it's it's been really interesting to look at a different way of healing. I think my therapist serves me in a, in a million different ways. I also just think it's important, like, even when I think about my clients, my spiritual coaching clients, like, so much of our work is so, so, so deep. I mean, we're literally shifting the different parts of their subconscious that was created from the age of zero to seven. And so there's a care level. There's an appreciation. There's a love that I'm, I build with my clients that... I think that my therapist, just based on her training and like based on the, the that based on that school of thought, doesn't let you get there. Don't get me wrong. My therapist is like also one of my best friends. She's so cool and she gets me and I'm obsessed with her. I would literally on a Friday night like opt into hanging out with her. But I think that when it comes to the work, she's not able to get down on my level from a spiritual perspective at all. She actually has to keep it really clinical and really black and white. And it offers me a lot of balance. If I'm somebody who already just naturally leans in such a woo way, I don't love calling myself wooey. I can't wait to find a different language or a different term. But she just gives me really great context and also perspective of things you just need to accept. I think therapy has been a journey for me of just straight acceptance. 
So my point in bringing this up is one of the lessons that I learned from my therapist that has been the most impactful is she has this theory that everything in life is a rubber ball or a glass ball. And if it's a rubber ball, you you don't have to worry so much about constantly tending to it because the truth is if you drop it, it bounces right back. But if it's a glass ball, you do have to really worry and you do have to really tend to it and you do have to be really connected to whatever is in that glass ball because if you drop it, it shatters. And putting that ball back together is really, really difficult. And... She initially brought this up to me during my wedding because the, the process, if you haven't planned a wedding or an event like that in general, the process of planning a wedding is kind of the worst. Like some people love it and like kudos to you. I secretly think you're lying, but like planning a wedding is incredibly stressful and I was losing sleep at night trying to figure out how I could not drop any of the balls. And so she reminded me that some of these balls are rubber balls. Like, if you drop them, it will bounce back up. It might not bounce to the exact height you dropped it at, but, like, it will ricochet back up. Like, you have nothing. It's not all lost. But some of these things are glass. If you drop them, they fall entirely through. So I'll give you an example using my wedding. You know, booking the priest for my wedding is kind of a glass ball. If you don't have an officiant to marry you the day of your wedding, and if it's not of the denomination that you really wanted, then, like, you're really doing this for other people and not for yourself. So that's a glass ball. You got to get that done. But the really lovely and sweet gifts that I was making for all my bridesmaids, and I wanted certain things that I couldn't get in the mail in time, and I was really stressed out about it, and I really wanted to make sure it happened, and... I eventually, fun fact for myself, I did make it happen, but she was like, that's a rubber ball. Like, if you if you can't get that exact eye mask that you wanted, well, then great. Like, it's a rubber ball. Drop it and some whatever bounces back up, you'll fix. And I know that probably sounds really superficial to hear, but think about your life. Like, think about the things that you and your life give so much energy to and so much care and so much attention to. Some of those things are just simply rubber balls. And so for a while at the time, I was really told, like, I was reminded everything I did for my wedding or if I looked at the long to-do list and it was one o'clock in the morning and it was like, do I go to bed now or do I get into this next thing? Like, I don't know. Is it a glass ball or a rubber ball? If I waited till tomorrow morning, is it going to bounce back or is it going to shatter? And so I'm in a phase of my life right now, especially as we talked about earlier in this podcast about relationships and just about different things that are happening, especially now that my wedding's over and I'm, I'm starting this next chapter of my life. I'm really looking at so much of everything, you know, like, is it a glass ball or is it a rubber ball? And I needed that reminder this week. There is a lot of different things that just happened that I stressed myself out about that I was going to lose sleep over because it needed to get done or I needed to attend to it or this person need, needed to like have this conversation with me. And like, honestly, if I actually looked at it, a lot of those things were just rubber balls. And sometimes that's really hard. When you have to transition someone in your life from the glass ball to the rubber ball or something in your life, that that's tough because you're telling yourself consciously like oh this thing isn't of as like this thing isn't going to break like this thing isn't as 
precious as I thought it was. And so right now it's a rubber ball because I can't, I can't tend to it. And sometimes, especially if you look at rubber ball, glass ball in terms of relationship, you have to remember that the other person also has to view you as a glass ball too. And so if you're the only one holding this glass ball and they're bouncing you around like a little rubber ball, then girlfriend, you trade that bad boy in for rubber, right? Like you save up that glass ball for something that really is reciprocated and matters. And so that's like the last piece of my mental health check-in where I'm really coming back to that idea again for the first time in a while that like this, some of these relationships, things, experiences, feelings in my life were once glass have to move over to rubber for no other reason than right now in the era of my life that I'm in, my life requires a lot more attention somewhere else and this will be safe as a rubber ball. You have to find safety in the fact that not everything needs to be glass. Oh my god, I can't believe we're basically like 40 to 45 minutes into this podcast right now and I haven't even gotten to the topic. I haven't gotten into the topic of the week. I'm almost questioning like, is this the podcast this week? Like, am I just giving you the lowdown on my life and the extraction of the lessons I've learned? Because, like, the the topic we have for this week is actually kind of really deep. Really, really deep. And, like, I think requires a little more space than what technically, I mean, there's no limit to this podcast. It can go on forever, but I try to keep them in an hour. Fuck it. We're here. We're going to keep this moving because clearly we have a lot to say today. So I'm going to take a glass of water. I'm going to take a sip. Take a sip of my wine because we double fist in here today. And we're going to keep going. I also wonder, like, I'm going to try this. It'll probably get edited out, but, like, the ASMR girlies who whisper into their microphones, like, is this what this is like? This is weird. Okay. We're moving on. We're moving on. Okay. So today's topic I want to talk to you guys is spiritual modalities. Because, okay, episode one, we talked about what it means to be a spiritual baddie. Episode two, we got really vulnerable and talked about why we need to understand our body image and why we need to understand ourselves in these meat suits so that we can embody the life we deeply desire. Now I want to talk about modalities. I want to talk about why we use modalities as spiritual people and what these modalities open up for us. So what is, let's start like first and foremost what is a modality when we talk about spiritualism? When we talk about our own connection to our higher selves, something bigger than us, what is a modality? So in regards to spirituality, a spiritual modality, and again, we're reading, we are Google reading queens. If we're reading off Google, it's a specific approach or practice that individuals use to connect to their spirituality explore their inner selves, and seek a deeper understanding of the divine or the metaphysical. These modalities often encompass a wide range of beliefs and practices and can vary, significant, can vary significantly from one person to another. So in human terms, a modality really is just the method that you use to get connected in whatever way you want to be connected, right? So a couple examples of modality is meditation is prayer, is yoga, is mindfulness, um, what else? Breath work. These are all different things that you can do that then create a deeper sense of not only connection, but understanding your higher self or something even bigger than yourself. And so modalities are important to me because it's everything that saved me. It's everything that's been 
my entire life for the last 10 years. I've leaned on these modalities to heal myself. And these modalities are what allowed me to see my life path and my purpose with deep, deep, deep clarity. I deeply do believe that my mission in my life, especially right now in my business, is to help women change their subconscious and shift the fabric of literally who they are on a deep, deep, deep subconscious level so that they can start to live a lifestyle that's in alignment of the life they actually always deserved. I deeply believe that I'm here to help show women that they don't have to be what they thought or what they were projected they needed to be. That actually what you were meant to be is not a title, but rather whatever feeling, desire, or purpose you've already identified on the inside. And that's what you explore on the outside. And so, all that being said, the way that you strengthen this connection, the way that you create even more longevity in purpose, the way that you create sustainability in purpose is through modalities. Now, there's a wide range of modalities, especially if we talk in spiritualism. Here are some of the more popular that you'll commonly hear. I'm sure you've all heard of this and even practiced them in your on your own terms or giving them a go, but here's just something so that you can kind of ponder of and it's considered a modality. Meditation, yoga, mindfulness, energy healing, crystal healing, spiritual retreat, retreats, retweets, <laughs> retreats, um, holistic health. So basically for anybody who like practices Ayurveda or practices, um, oh my God, what is it called? Intuitive eating to a certain extent. Um, astrology, psychic readings, tarot, sound healing. I love me a good sound bowl healing. Um, and then think of your new age metaphysical practices. So those are like pretty, it's like a broad range of modalities. And so it's your responsibility to now move through those modalities and pick the one that best serves you, right? So I think that's also one of the things that gets really it's like a misconception when it comes to healing is that if you don't meditate every day or journal every day or, you know, write a gratitude list every day or do breath work every day, like you're somehow doing it wrong. That's so not right. Like that's the only wrong thing you could actually say. Spirituality is on such a spectrum, right? Like I think spirituality is, and I'm learning this in one of the trainings I'm in right now, it's that, you know, the broad range of spirituality is wide it is so 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 wide and whether you realize it or not you've landed somewhere on that spectrum the decision you make with your modalities is how much deeper do you want to go and how much do you believe in the modality you're practicing because that's also half the battle you can do all this stuff right so like you could do yoga you can meditate you can get a card reading but if you're going to sit and only honor the space of you that's a skeptic or honor the space of you that doesn't actually believe in the potential that it can get better for yourself or that the potential that you have space to heal, then your piece of the spectrum of that spirituality actually isn't as deep as you think. So it's spirituality is a spectrum. Modalities help you go deeper into that spectrum. So willing that you are to believe that they are connecting you deeper and that you are doing the work of a higher power, higher purpose, right? So we tap into these modalities and all my ask of you after you listen to this podcast is find the one or the three that work for you. 
and do them consistently. Give yourself literally 90 days of doing them consistently. So if for you it's yoga, maybe you don't go to yoga every day, but like set up the schedule of how you go three, four, five times a week and then commit to that for three months. If it's breath work, wake up every morning, give yourself the extra 10 minutes in the morning, pop on that YouTube video, breath work. Let's go. Let's get it. Journaling, give yourself the extra five minutes before bed, five minutes in the morning. My favorite introduction to journaling I ever had was the five minute gratitude journal. Loved it. Absolutely was obsessed with it. And I found different ways to incorporate that even now in my life where I've outgrown using that specific journal in my own practices. All of these modalities, all they're looking to do is to clear your clear your energy field that day and keep you open and susceptible to the highest possible frequency and to the things that you actually deserve. Whether that's subconscious and they're just attracting to you or whether they're incredibly conscious and you're actually setting the playing field for that to happen to you. For me, like meditation... Um, kind of journaling, but more than anything, especially visual meditation, that changed everything for me. That changed how I showed up in my life. That That changed my ability to believe how much I was worthy of something. Visual meditation allowed me to feel like every morning, even if I woke up on the quote unquote, like wrong side of the bed, after a really good visual meditation, I would it wouldn't matter what side of the bed I I rolled up on because at that moment I, I felt the energy of who I was becoming. And so all of these modalities are really here to get you tapped into that clarity once again. And again, like clarity doesn't have to be like you knowing the exact address of the house you're gonna buy one day. No, that's like not the point of clarity. Clarity is just so that you can see clearly the vision of your deepest desires and then so you can act on that deepest desire now. I heard something, and I actually gave this to my clients. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek on the work I'm doing with my clients right now. And I'm pulling up my personal notes because I feel called to share. So one of the things I was talking to my clients about was, in order for you to get results, there's a four-step process that has to happen first. You have to go through beliefs, then thoughts, then feelings, then actions, that's how you get results. And if you're not seeing results, right now you have to see where are you stuck on that chain. So if you want the result of, let's say, finding a partner, finding a love interest in your life, do you actually believe you're worthy of that love interest? And let's say you say yes. Well, let's go to thoughts. Well, you believe you're worthy of it, but your thoughts are saying, why do I open myself up and go on another date? What if he just hurts me again? Or what if they just hurt me again? And who wants to date me? Okay, so that's where the work starts now that we know what's not necessarily wrong, but like now that we know the blockage, that's a better word. Now that we know the blockage, we use these modalities to come in and remove the block. So then we come in and let's say we use affirmations and tapping. Let's say we do tapping and affirmations to work on our worthiness and our self-image okay so we believe that we're worthy of it we have positive thoughts about our ability to find a partner now we're in our feelings like do we actually feel physically ready for this look at your schedule are we looking at the different responsibilities in your life do you actually feel let's say you say yes but let's get to the actions let's say you recluse in your house and you refuse to be on a dating site and you don't ever leave your home and you refuse to talk to people in public 
Okay, well, those actions are not necessarily in the most progressive or positive way of finding your partner. Just cut and dry, right? And so I'm giving you this structure so that you can see that there is a clear line to how you get to the result or to the desire that you deeply, deeply see for yourself. But you have to understand where the blockage is. And once you understand where the blockage is, you're going to take up one of these modalities to help you navigate that block, to help you soften that block and allow yourself to actually feel experience and grow past it that's the work that's the stuff and I talk about day in and day out the work is your ability to take a step back and say wow I have a blockage here I have a piece of myself that I'm clearly not connected or tapped into where do where is this block coming from how can I heal through it And that process can take a week, it can take a day, it could take a month, it could take 10 years. Who knows? But the blockage doesn't go away just if you ignore it. So you might as well step in, learn these modalities, learn what best serves you, and walk in the face of understanding that even though it's going to be harder to know you're growing through it every moment and know that you are showing up every day to wanting this blockage to go away, you're closer and closer and closer to getting through it and stepping into your higher purpose and your highest sense of self because of it. And let me tell you, you know, one of the questions I get all the time is like, you know, the work is really hard, right? So like, why do it? Like, why? Why bother? And sometimes I even look at some of my family members or friends who are so obviously not doing the work, or so obviously neglecting the work. And I think that's because they haven't done enough of it to realize that once you start doing it and you start to see the results of doing it, you'll never want to, your life prior to the work feels like a lie. Feels like you're kind of playing puppeteer. And for some people, that's just easier. They'd rather lie to themselves than to sit and do it. But In hindsight, they're not going to get to their highest sense of self. They're not going to get to a state of potential and to a state of life that is enlightenment and bliss. And that's what we're really all working towards. If we're going to say that the human experience is full of a ton of suffering, then we also counteract, like counterintuitively owe it to ourselves to do everything we can to work through that suffering and find bliss, find enlightenment, find joy find really true happiness I think even better than happiness is the word joy bringing all of that back when we talk about modalities and healing and I'm going to go even more specific into some of the ones that I offer my closest friends do offer when we talk about modalities in healing it's really really crucial and it's really important that we understand that these modalities are not something to be judged these modalities are not here or forms of you know, evil work or they're not curses, they're not anything. All these modalities do is get you back in touch with you. That's all it is. It's a method. Think of it as a vessel. It's the car. Whatever modality you choose to participate in that day is the vehicle that's going to drive you to clarity. So what do you want it to be? You want to do breath work. You want to do journaling. You want to do yoga. You want to pull some cards. You want to sit in a visualization meditation. 
I don't give a shit what you do, but you should be doing this shit every single morning and every single night. And guess what? Even throughout the day, because these are the things that can also help you heal through your everyday moments. Things like anxiety. When I'm feeling the most anxious, I stop and I breathe. Those are, that's like an anatomical, I'm not a scientist, but like that's an anatomical thing that actually physically helps your body. Your body needs oxygen to survive. So taking deep breaths rather than shallow ones, there's a natural thing that's going to happen within your body that's going to serve it more than hurt it, regardless if you have the actual scientific text as to why or why not. Which it's funny because so many of my mentors in my life care deeply about having the language behind the science. And, like, I think that's cool and that's dope. But, like, to be honest with you, fuck science. I I care about how you feel. Like, it just feels better. It feels better to take deeper breaths when you're not feeling good and to, like, be able to take care of yourself. You know, one of the best things for me was, like, it felt really good that, like, I had a panic attack in front of my husband and like he didn't have to freak out. I knew exactly what to do. Like I was like, okay, like I'm going to sit, I'm going to close my eyes, I'm going to envision and I'm going to breathe and like I'll come back eventually. And like he was able to sit and like walk me through that and be there with me. And like that was way more powerful than me feeling like I was hopeless in my ability to work and navigate through things myself. So these modalities are more than just spiritual ways for you to even like quote unquote get connected with a high, higher sense of self or a purpose or a higher power we're talking about everyday regulation these modalities are regulating you every single day to stay in the vibrancy the frequency the energy and even the like physical body of feeling good rather than feeling shitty if you knew that taking five minutes every day to meditate was going to make you feel good why wouldn't you wake up every day So all of that to say, here are some of the modalities that I offer in not only my business, but just with my friends, with my family. And I want to open up about one of the modalities I'm currently studying. So the modalities that I use within my business, other than just regular spiritual life coaching, which spiritual life coaching, I I want to get into on a completely different, like, podcast episode because I would be here for another fucking hour if I did this now but when I do my spiritual life and even business coaching that has a lot to do with really listening and understanding what the other person is experiencing and using their own desires as a way for us to create an actionable plan about how they want to navigate their life and so that was very masculine of me to say the feminine that comes in and the flow that comes in has a lot to do with these modalities and what they need to integrate in their life some of the shadow work that they need to move through and then some of the intuitive downloads or some of the messages that I might receive as a healer that will help that person get closer to the goal or to the desire to the vision they want so that's not something that can necessarily be given a modality but rather hiring a coach or a healer to be in your support system would be really beneficial I offer tarot, so I learned how to read tarot cards actually like years ago, but I didn't even realize what I was doing. I didn't realize I was intuitive. I got my first deck of tarot cards when I first did my first yoga teacher training, and I used to only pull them for my best friend, and just as I grew, I ended up taking like a tarot school, so I read tarot cards. I um, read human design. That was something that I ventured into about, I would say like two years ago now. Human design is one of those things that's, like, not spoken about enough, in my opinion, or at least not in the circles that I speak to. Basically, what human design is, is it's an opportunity for you to look at your astrology, the I Ching, the chakra system, and quantum physics. It takes where you're born, 
and the time you were born, and it puts it all into this funky-looking chart. And in that chart, we're able to see insights into your personality, into your decision-making process, and more importantly, into your life purpose. This chart, when we read it, gives us understanding. The, the best way I describe it is it's the ease, it's the way you live with ease. Your human design chart shows you the how of your life. So while these other modalities give you the what, like what's your purpose? What's your reason for being here? What's, what are you doing here? Human design's like, fuck the what. What we're really here to talk about is the how. How are we getting you from A to B? What are the things that feel really easeful in your life? What are the things that you should know about that when you feel in your physical body, it's not going to work? What are the better times of day that you should be consuming anything, whether it's food or content or anything like that? Like your human design chart is literally created for that exact reason. It is, yes, it'll give you obviously insight into your life's purpose, but it also just lets you understand deeper how you're seen in relationships, how you're seen in decision making. I feel like astrology got really normalized, but one of the things I wish got normalized with it, honestly, was your human design. Your human design gives you just as much insight. If your astrology gives you insight into your personality, both on the inside, the outside, and how you present yourself, human design gives you insight and the language of how you move around the world so that you can execute those signs so I hope that makes sense please let me know if that doesn't that's like the human design conversation is one I constantly want to have with people and to get into an even thicker topic the modality that I'm learning right now the training that I'm in right now is a past life regression course past life regression is something that's actually incredibly thick to wrap your head around because it has to do with one, the belief that we reincarnate and we've had multiple lives, and two, that I'm bringing you into a deep state of hypnosis so that you can look into your past lives and see either lessons you've learned or different experiences that you had that are giving you insight into this life. So when you do a past life regression, and I'm not trying to make this as a blanket statement, but typically when you do a past life regression, you can't go in just being like, I don't know, let's see what comes up. You go in looking to to understand something. So you have a question typically or a problem you'd like to solve. Why can't I find love? What's my purpose? Why do I feel so lost right now? Why can't I hold on to money? Why am I having issues with abundance? Why am I having self-confidence issues? Why do I not feel worthy? These are all great questions to come to a past life regression session with. And so me as your therapist, I bring you into a deep state of hypnosis and then you go in to basically the visual of a past life that will either give you insight into one, why in this life are you karmically experiencing this? And from that, we can derive how you can navigate around it and or like actually clean the debt or you'll see the blockages. What happened in your past life that is creating blockages subconsciously in this life that are stopping you from doing the thing you really want? The idea is, is that After your past life regression session, you are left with a lot of insight and a lot of action that you were able to put and integrate into your regular day life so that you can change the way you move and ultimately you're able to either clean that karmic debt or use the leverage from a past life to help you in this life. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take five deep open mouth exhales because I bet you you're sitting there and you're like, whoa, girlfriend. 
Well, either you're two things. You're either like, yes, that sounds amazing. Or you're sitting there and you're like, holy shit, we're talking about past lives. We're talking about reincarnation. Oh, my God. Spiritual Baddies Club really took it spiritual today, baby. But, like, that's that's why I want to talk about these things. It's because this modality is so beautiful and it actually is so beneficial. It is so wildly impactful. And yet we shy away from it because we get really intimidated by the fact that it's it's a spiritual, It's it sounds too much. It sounds too heavy, too deep, and too much to wrap our brains around. Even when I did my first past life regression, I didn't totally under, I trusted it. I totally trust, especially when I have a good practitioner, I deeply trust the experience I'm meant to get out of it. But one of the things that I think comes up the most is like, especially for me, was like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it, where I was like, what do you mean I'm going to go into past life? But then once I did it and I had my own personal session and I was able to see what I saw, it all made sense. It all made so much sense. And like, you can't lie about what's in your own head, right? And so if you have any more questions about that, like, please DM me, shoot me a message. I would love to give you even more information, insight. I'm sure I'll have an episode here soon about when I'm done with my prog, I, I deeply believe in integration. I don't believe in regurgitation. So I'm in this program. It would be really unintegral of me as a healer to like go through this program and be like, okay, guys, like here's everything I learned without actually knowing for myself. So I do plan on taking a really good amount of time to really, really integrate this practice into my own experiences and my own sessions with people and then be able to offer it. But when it comes to just the basic knowledge that I'm learning and questions about where this modality comes from and like what it truly here is to serve from a foundational level, I would be so open to hearing questions and I would love to help you all navigate it because I want to normalize things like this. I want to normalize. That's another conversation I want to have. Like I personally don't microdose shrooms. I wish I did though. The benefits from it are outstanding, but we as a culture have decided that that's somehow like not okay. These are the things that as women, we should have better language around and we should have a lot more information to help support us so that we can use these modalities to be connected to our higher sense of self. So that's what I'm here for. That's a part of my mission and that's what I I really, really, really want to offer. So With all of that being said, that's the training I'm in right now. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. The mentor that's in it is fucking incredible. She's so, so, so smart and so just integral and, like, in it. Like, she's in her bag with this work, and it makes a lot of sense. So that's that's all the modalities I have right now. One of the modalities I'm really looking to get certified in as soon as humanly possible is Reiki. Reiki is energy healing. It's so beautiful and so powerful and I really it's hard for me to imagine my business moving forward not having that as a layer because so much energy gets stored within the physical body and so when we take the time to heal that piece of ourselves and move that energy around we make ourselves a lot more open and a lot more receptive to the stuff we really deserve and the stuff that we actually really 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 want to feel. Reiki is removing logic and coming back to feeling so not getting caught up in the logistics of the body and rather being so in tune that you can almost hear what's going on with your your body which sounds crazy but it's beautiful and the thing is is that you can do all the mindset work in the world you can do all the affirmations you can hire all the mindset coaches but if you're not actually allowing your body to also go through that process and catch up with you then you're kind of doing all this work for no reason so 
that's what I'm looking to get certified in next. And I cannot wait to be able to support people with it, especially within my business, my friends, my family, all the whole nine. There's a lot more modalities that we didn't get to touch on for the sake of time today. Maybe I'll go deeper if I get anybody's like request to be like, hey, like my, that modality conversation was the fucking shit. So like I want to hear more about it. I will definitely keep my DMs open and keep that available. And maybe even I'll have, you know, a couple interviews with guests that specialize in these modalities so that they can give their insight. I have so many beautiful people in my life who specialize and really have honed in on their craft of being a healer in these ways, I would be, I'd love to share that with you guys. So more to come on that. But the one thing I I really want to make sure you all understand is that these modalities are here for you and start using them right the fuck now. Like if, if meditation, something you want to try on, let's do it, girlfriend. Let's try it. It doesn't have to be long. Give yourself three minutes every morning and every night, and I can give you resources for that. If journaling's what it is, guess what, girl? Let's go to Target. Pick the hottest flyest notebook on the shelf with your favorite pen that writes the way you like to write. Let's start it. If it's yoga, let's sign up for the membership. Let's try ClassPass. Let's try boutique studios that are in the area. If it's breath work, let's find the best places or the best online resources that give you consistent and accountability, consistency and accountability to starting that process. These modalities are how you get to where you want to go. You can't just be about the talk and not walk the walk. This is the walk. This is the work. It's these modalities. And if you specifically are looking for any of those readings when it comes to tarot, when it comes to human design, when it even comes to just having the accountability of having somebody bring you closer to your highest self through accountability that way, let me know. And the thing about letting me know is that it has nothing to do with working with me. I have this beautiful community around me that is so equipped and able and ready to help and support whoever is ready to finally step into who the fuck they were always meant to be. That's what I have to say about that. Last piece of this is why does it all matter? It matters because the girlies need to know how much support they actually have. You are not alone, girlfriend. You're really not. Like, the feelings you're feeling right now, the things you're going through, they might not look exactly like mine or the girl next to me, but let me tell you, that's the thing about being a human. Our experiences are going to logistically look different, but when you boil it down to the feeling, we're all experiencing the same feeling. We're just experiencing it in different ways. These modalities give you an opportunity to let those feelings come to the surface so that you can experience them, explore them, name them, understand them, move through them. So that they're no longer blockages, but rather opportunities for liberation. Because here's the thing, what's meant for you will find you good or bad, baby. So if you find the blockage and it's here, it's meant for you. It's meant that you're strong enough, you're resilient enough, and you're worthy enough to actually do the work to go through it. You do not need to be limited by your circumstances. You do not need to be limited about the things that might be going on around you or the people that are currently around you in your life. All of that shit's movable, but it lies in your ability to be consistent in the way you do the work. And what we're talking about today is the way we do the work is through modalities. Top takeaways from today's episode, take what fits and leave the rest. Try on some of these modalities. Some of them are going to feel delicious. Some of them are going to feel fucking wackadoodle. I'll give you an example. I love this shit. I do this stuff all the time. I tried tapping for the first time a couple years back. Tapping... 
I don't even know how to describe it. I'm not even going to it. Google it. Go on YouTube. There's actually an incredible woman named Gala Darling. You can go on her Instagram or even YouTube. She has incredible tapping videos, but I felt like a fucking wackadoodle doing it. And so I dropped it. Went on to other things. Now, years later, I'm fucking obsessed with tapping. Like, I think it's great. It's my, like, preferred method of being able to, like, move energy, especially if I'm not going to do Reiki on myself. So take what fits and leaves the rest. It, it, it literally works just like that. Take what fits and leave the rest. When you find things that make you feel good, you honor them and you prioritize them and you do them. And then you leave the rest of the stuff. You leave the stuff that doesn't feel right. You leave the stuff that makes you feel a little wackadoodle. And you'll trust that eventually you'll turn around and you'll come back to that process. You will 1,000% come back back to it. Guaranteed. You will find yourself one day sitting there and being like, you know what? I actually think I'm ready to try that thing. And you do, and you'll probably end up loving it because that's the era and the time that you needed to actually experience and explore that modality. Remember, spirituality is on a spectrum. It's a lifestyle. You get to live in the way that it fits for you. Spirituality isn't about are you spiritual, yes or no. It's really just how deep in the work are you willing to go. And so don't feel ashamed or don't feel disconnected by your ability to Identify as a spiritual person. These modalities are here to kind of gauge where you lie on that spectrum and wherever you lie is perfect. There's no such thing as good or bad, right or wrong. It's as long as you're connected and tapped in. My experience learning how to be a practitioner of these modalities is incredibly complex, but it, it it's so connected to my mission and I am so committed to continuing to learn. So committed to continuing to learn my process, to learn the ways in which I serve. I'm so committed to understanding how these modalities can be normalized so that the girlies feel more comfortable stepping into them quicker. Because these modalities really do change your life. And they offer a different perspective and different opportunities that you wouldn't give yourself because they're just not spoken about enough. And so while it might take time and a lot of effort into integrating it is a part of my mission to make sure I show up to these trainings to these workshops and to these spaces where I learn how to facilitate and hold really sacred space for other women to go deep for themselves and it's the work I love to do it's why I've chosen this as my lifelong career because it's it's not a chore it's not work for me it's it's love it's the reason why it's 12 22 in the morning right now and I'm on a high talking to you about the different ways that you can heal feeling amazing I have also like barely paused for a sip of water like this episode has literally flown out of my mouth I can't believe that we're an hour and 20 minutes and change into this episode so with that being said I think it's time that we moved into our healed hotties hot takes and we're gonna hope I can like zip zam boom right through all this stuff zip zam boom don't know what I'm saying anymore oh my goodness okay first take girl know your basic astrology I'm telling you not to be trendy or to be cute but to be real as fuck with you know your basic astrology i want you to go to if you don't know it go to your astro charts right now astrocharts.com my best friend rena is an astrology she put astrologer she put me onto it you're gonna type in your name your birthplace your birth time ideally if you have that please do have that call your mom if you don't call whoever your grandpappy i don't know who you need to call figure out what time you were born know your rising sign your sun sign and your moon sign 
knowing my astrology has made such a difference in how I navigate the world because sometimes when I don't understand why I feel away, I can look to the stars, I can look to the planets and be like, oh, as a collective, people who have a Gemini sun like I do, we are going through this right now. And so the opportunity I have to learn right now is X, Y, and Z. Or the space where I can kind of like sit back and give myself a little bit of grace is X, Y, and Z. It doesn't mean that every astrological you know, interpretation you find is going to be the one that you connect with. But nine times out of 10, like if you actually give yourself the space to understand your rising signs and understand that there's nothing wrong with horoscopes, there's nothing bad about them, that they actually give you a lot of insight to who you are and like why you're here and how you can support yourself and others, you'll find yourself in communities and spaces that open up your idea of astrology in a way that gives you more answers than questions. And that's really what this entire episode has been about. So no more excuses. Go find your rising sun and moon sign. And if you need help, let me know. I'd be more than happy to help you figure it out. I'll tell you, I'm a rising Capricorn. I'm a sun Gemini and I'm a moon Gemini. So I'm a double Gemini with a rising Capricorn. Do I want to explain those things to you? Absolutely. But am I going to? No, because I'm going to have an episode with probably my best friend, Rena, and she can give you all the insight about what that means because that's her literal profession and she's a angel queen of the world. And I am just here living my best double Gemini life and experiencing the moon and the planets and the stars as we go. So go know your, go know your signs and then Find appropriate communities, accounts, and resources that can help you better understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling day to day. It is a game changer. Healed hottie hot takes number two. Right now, I want you to pull up your phone. I don't care if you're at work. If you're driving, please don't do this. But like when you're parked, leave yourself a little note. I want you to pull up your phone and I want you to think about a friend, a family member, somebody who you deeply love and that you see as somebody who is just so impactful in your life that you could right now if you could stop everything you're doing and squeeze them really tight and give them the biggest hug you would I want you to text them and not only tell them that you love them but I want you to tell them why give them like one reason why why do I want you to do this cheesy exercise? Because it's important that you are actively participating in two-way relationships. So as much as like this is like obviously this task is about you, it's actually about them. We are not building relationships to be one way, right? So we're not building and that goes either way. We're not building relationships so that others can solely support us and not be and us not be able to give back or vice versa. We give and give and give and give and we don't get back in return. And so Make it a foundation of your friendships to be in a two-way communication. And don't get me wrong, not everybody has language as a, or, you know, talking as a love language. It might be hard for some people to come and find the right words to really tell somebody how they feel, and that's okay. That's just this exercise for right now. Maybe it's in gift giving, maybe it's in quality time, whatever it may be. But you have to make sure in every one of the relationships that matter, those glass, now that we've talked about it, those glass ball relationships, those relationships have to be two-way streets. And so I'm giving you the nudge, the push, and the challenge right now to go show yourself why that's a glass ball relationship. Go vocalize how you feel. Get vulnerable with the people who matter the most to you because in the process of doing that, you're only going to strengthen the bond that you have with that other person. And let me tell you, people say this when people have babies, but it's not about babies. This is fucking life. It takes a village, girl. 
It takes a village and you do not need to do this alone. You do not need to do this by yourself. You are not going through this alone. And so you reach out to your best girl, your best friend, your mom, your grandma, your aunt, your, even as a boy, I don't know. I don't care who it is. I want you to tell them that you love them. I want you to tell them one specific reason why. And don't expect a response. Don't expect it to be like, I love you too. No, you are going to do it. Shut your phone off and like go do something else. You are doing it so that you can maintain the fact that you are in a active two-way relationship and that you are participating in not only the growth of that other person, but making sure they know that they are seen, that they are loved, and they are... And last but not least, as we come up to the hour and a half mark, which thank you for listening to me speak into this microphone for 90 minutes of your life. Is that 90 minutes? I don't do math. I'm not going to take that back. I don't do math. Anyway... I want you to normalize resting as not rotting. We have told ourselves that if you're doing nothing, it means you're rotting in the corner and it's awful and it's bad and you need to get up and you need to do your laundry or you need to get up and you need to go do something or you need to get up. No, there's a very clear difference. If you're rotting, we're having a very different conversation around the topic of depression or escapism. I'm saying if you work hard, You're doing the work. You're putting in the work. You're showing up for your family. You're doing all the things. And on a Sunday, you don't want to fucking talk to anybody and you don't want to do anything and you just want to be in the bed. That's okay. Like, I think we have to give ourselves more permission to do nothing. We have to be the people who give ourselves more permission to say, hey, like, you've done enough and you are enough. And so if you right now feel like the best thing for you to do is to lay down, scroll on TikTok, watch Law & Order, I'm literally telling you my Sunday then like that's what you should do today because that's going to be the most beneficial for you to recharge, reamp up, and show up as yourself. Just because you're resting doesn't mean you're rotting. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, nah, bitch, I'm rotting, girl, then we need to to go deep. You need to call somebody. We need to talk about it, and we got to get you out of rotting. But if you hear me say that and you're like, you know what, damn, you're right. Like I didn't need to run a trillion errands on Sunday. Like maybe I just needed a rest. Maybe I needed a sit on the couch and veg. Maybe I needed to just be quiet for a little bit. Like, you don't understand how much you give back to yourselves in those deep moments of rest. You don't understand how your ability to do nothing is doing everything for your mental health, everything for your energy that you don't even realize. You can't even contextualize. So that is episode three, my loves. That here, That's what she wrote at an hour and a half here we are. As per usual, I am beyond grateful for each and every one of you who listen to this podcast, who have messaged me with all the love and appreciation for this podcast. This podcast for me has been one of the most healing experiences to share, and especially because it is just from, from such a vulnerable and a raw state. Some of the things that come up on this podcast are not things I could have ever even imagined um, sharing, but I'm sharing from such a deep sense of love. And I think that that makes such a difference. So thank you so much for being here. Any information of wanting to reach out to me, wanting to explore these modalities deeper, wanting to have a deeper understanding of even all of this is down in the show notes. You can just go ahead and click any of the links to what you could possibly need. And they're all there. I love you so much. Thank you for coming to the club. We cry in the club. We have some chaos in the club. We laugh. We dance. We live our best life in the Spiritual Baddies Club. 
but we're here for each other and we love each other and we're on the path and even one step closer to living our baddest, absolute, most incredible, hottest lives. I love you so much. Thank you all so much for listening today. I hope that you loved this episode just as much as I did. The most supportive way for podcast creators like myself to grow is by leaving a review and rating. And if you're feeling extra frisky, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Send us a screenshot at Spiritual Baddies Club on Instagram and unlock a special gift from us to you for a limited time. This has been so fun. Now it's time to go live your best baddie girl life. I love you, hottie. See you next week.